Welcome to the Blazers, episode 134. I am your host, Alejandro Oveda. Thank you for pushing play. What another great week, but also another hectic week. You know, I felt like this week took so long to get past. Um, I don't know what it is. You know, it might have been those vacation blues where you feel like, you know, you need another week after a vacation. But besides that, you know, we just got a couple days to to really relax. Um, Saturday ended up working real late and then um sunday uh we were able to go fishing for a few hours uh but what i've noticed is how much water has uh how much water has been out of the san joaquin river right now i mean it's it's unbelievable um we're definitely in a drought right now uh and you know we haven't fished there uh, for about two weeks, and by the time we got there uh, on Sunday, I got to tell you guys, like, basically, the river was halfway uh, empty. Um, usually where we go at Sycamore Island, there's little inlets and outlets that, that really allow you to uh, to fish out and, and into deeper water, but um, this week, you know, in those deeper uh, parts of the, the river, uh, we saw that the water really went down a lot. Um, and I know it, it, it's meant to do that during the summer, uh, especially with a lot of this uh, heat that's been going on late, as of late. Um, but, we, you know, the, the one thing that I that I just think about most of all is just what have I been doing to try to, you know, take care of that environment. You know, I live so close to the river that it feels like, that is almost my own backyard, you know? So when I see it empty like that, I almost feel like, man, you know, um, maybe it's my shower time. Maybe it's, you know, I know we're in a drought and I know uh, it's supposed to look like that. But in a way, I also feel like it's a lot of overconsumption of water, you know? Um, it's, it's really sad to, to really think that, you know, this river that has been there for so long, um, is now being controlled and, and, and demanded um, to farms, to even residents, you know? And there, that's just a lot of, I don't know, like, what, I'm not too much of a, like, a, like a, a environmentalist, you know? I, I, don't, I don't really um, go out there and speak for the environment like I should. But you know, I still feel a certain way when I when I when I see it with my own eyes, and you know, I've been I've been there almost every week this past summer, and we were able to to really fish these pockets, you know, and and really catch some good fish. Um, but last week, I, I like I told you, like we were literally throwing the 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 lure into into water into sand, <laughs> and that's how it felt, and. and I just I just feel really bad, you know, knowing that the San Joaquin River is one of the best in California. And I'm not gonna say the best, you know, to fish, but um, it's one of the best rivers uh, for sure for fly fishing. Um, it just gets a bad rap because there's not enough big fish in San Joaquin River, but definitely there are fish and there are some big fish, but you just gotta find them. You know what I mean? Um, and the one thing that I, I wanted just get across about, you know, this whole thing is just really, we, we have to take care of our environment here. And, um, I feel like a lot of people are out of the loop, uh, when it comes to, um, 
the ecosystem that Fresno is actually a part of, you know, we're a huge part of the ecosystem here in California and we just got to take care of the water that we have left. Um, seeing how the, the lakes, you know, even Millerton, um, Shaver, Bass, all these lakes are, are, are more empty than they should be. Um, and that's through overconsumption of, um, farming and overconsumption through the residents in the areas. So we really got to just take in mind that, you know, we are in a drought and that um, a little bit of change can go a long way. So it doesn't only, you know, start with you, it ends with you and it and it begins with you. So make sure we all do our part to try to uh, help out the environment here in Fresno. But I got a lot done this week for the podcast. I just want to let you guys know. Uh, you guys could really depend on this podcast every Thursday, you know, every Thursday. We haven't missed a Thursday yet, so we're going real strong. Uh, but this week, I wanted to talk about the versus battle uh, between Fat Joe and Ja Rule. And I got to tell you guys, this was a great versus battle. I think a lot of people really felt like uh, these were two washed up artists. But in my opinion, I felt like it featured two icons. Uh, both Fat Joe and Ja Rule, both artists had made some great music uh, from back in the day, and it was awesome to see them go hit for hit. Although I felt like this versus was kind of forced, it wasn't well put together in the way of, I think, um, it was an even playing field. Um, so it, it almost felt, felt less organic, and it felt like each artist went through their catalogs, um, pretty well but towards the end it started uh becoming clear who was the, who was the true winner um but i felt the nostalgia in the air and I, I i couldn't i couldn't wait to really start this event but i started it late because uh, i did get off of work late uh, but this event was actually held at the madison square garden where you know, like I said, you can feel the energy and you can also see the crowd through the stream. And it, it was amazing. You know, it's great to see uh, them doing some hip hop stuff, uh, making it real popular. You know, the one thing that I felt was annoying, though, in this versus was the banter uh, between artists. You know, I understand the competition uh, between um each artist, you know, it's supposed to be like that. It's supposed to be a battle. But once Fat Joe made some very shocking comments about, uh, you know, the women that Ja Rule collabor collaborated with during his career, I'm not going to re reiterate what he said, uh, but he did, you know, later apologize for those demeaning comments. Um, but that it's just one thing that I think is wrong with the verses is that, is that it is so uncut that these kinds of, these kinds of mishaps happen. And then it looks bad um, on the part of hip-hop. Um, I'm not trying to say to um, filter it out, but definitely I hope these artists keep in mind that they are on TV, they are in front of millions of people. And in this day and age, you know, with the social media and the way that things are, you, you can't say things a certain way. Um, even if it's just, Friendly banter, friendly competition, whatever. You know, there, there's just things you don't say. And, and Fat Joe kind of crossed the line, not only for women, but also for me, where I felt like that was a, a low blow, you know. 
but one thing I was definitely looking forward to was seeing John ja Rule perform. You know, I was never able to check him out um, as, you know, as I grew up, he, he kind of fell off. Uh, but to my surprise, he still had it, you know. He had the crowd moving, had the crowd singing. Uh, and to me, uh, he definitely won most of the show. Uh, he killed it when he brought out Little Mo and Vita uh, with Put It On Me. It wasn't until Fat Joe pulled it uh, out of his bag with Lean Back, which I felt uh, won it for him. Uh, he brought out his friend uh, and artist Remy Ma to do uh, the remix. Um, and this whole show, you know, I just had memories pop up and couldn't help back to go back to those uh, good old days when, you know, this music was once new music, you know, now it's timeless classics, you know, that were played that night. And I, I'm glad to see them still doing uh, their thing till this day. Uh, but I just want to know, did you guys see the, the versus battles? Um, are you guys a fan of the versus battles? Um, and who do you think won? Uh, do you think Fat Joe won or do you think Ja Rule won? You know, in my opinion, I have to say, you know, Ja Rule definitely killed it. Um, even though most of his songs were R&B, most of his songs were uh, not, I would necessarily say street, um, but I, I feel like it was a landslide, you know. Uh, but once Fat Joe really started playing his hits and, and really going into his bag and really uh, knocking on Ja Rule's door, then I felt like then it started becoming more of a competition. But, you know, it sucks because um, when it comes to hip-hop, there, there, there's different there's different avenues of hip-hop. There's street hip-hop, there's pop hip-hop, there's R&B hip-hop. There's so many avenues of hip-hop that people only decipher the ones that they want to regurgitate, they want to they understand, you know? Um and mostly, um, I would have to say that Ja Rule uh, really won over the women, and I would have to say Fat Joe probably won over the men. And in a way, Ja Rule would, would have won because, uh, I mean, the, the women were, you could hear that crowd. And especially when Ja Rule took off his shirt, I mean, it it went it went crazy. But I just wanted to know if, if who you guys think won? Was it Fat Joe or was it uh, Ja Rule? So let me know what you guys think. Message the podcast. But this week I was also able to listen to a bunch of new music. And I really had to switch up uh, what I really wanted to review this week. You know, uh, I had an idea of review, reviewing uh, Billie Eilish's uh, newest project, Happier Than Ever, which... If you guys come across that album, it is really, really good. Um, it wasn't until I came across uh, the new Baby Cream, or Baby Keem, sorry, not Cream, Baby Keem uh, project that was released this month. Uh, Baby Keem uh, has been making noise since his emergence on the scene since 2019 with his Die For My Bitch mixtape that featured uh, his major jam, Orange Soda. Uh, Baby Keem is known as a producer, singer, songwriter, and also business owner. He is the uh, a co-founder of PG Lang, alongside with his cousin Kendrick Lamar and former president of Top Dog Entertainment, Dave Free, which they formed in 2020. 
Uh, this business venture, PJ Lane, is a business designed for creators of all sorts, uh, for media, for music, for podcasts, for uh, writing. And I also think they're they're doing uh, for for artists too, like um, that are like um, painters or and stuff like that, and designers. So it's all creators of all sorts. Um, it's a new type of label that they are using, uh, new tactics to help their artists get uh, the re the right relationships they need in their industries. You know, they've already had. Uh, collaborations with Calvin Klein, uh, which is one of the first companies to collaborate with PG Lang, releasing uh, seven short films and also some merch, which includes uh, Baby Keem and other artists. And to me, this is a great way uh, to really uh, get this niche, you know, this this artist relationship niche. Um, but the, the reason why I wanted to really... Um, Review uh, Melodic Blue, uh, which is Baby Keem's project, uh, which was released under the PG Lang label. Uh, but I was super excited and really anticipating, um, you know, this album after hearing uh, his recent explosion uh, from the feature on on um, Kanye West's Donda uh, off of the song Praise God. Um, and, you know, Keem also then dropped new music from Kendrick Lamar, um, who has, you know, their cousins, uh, which many fans and me has been anticipating. Uh, but Baby Keem, you know, really holds his own. I, I had to make sure he wasn't only killing the, the features, you know. Uh, but this album has a whole different type of rap. I love this creativity behind it, too. Um, you can tell Baby Keem gets inspiration from Kendrick, but I think that inspiration has a totally different swag, which means this project, you know, it. I think I think that swag really melts through this whole project. Um, my favorite songs off uh, Baby Keem's newest project, Melodic Blue, are Range Brothers, featuring Kendrick Lamar, Issues, Coco featuring Don Tolliver, and Family Ties, uh, which also features Kendrick Lamar. Um, but if I wasn't going to pick any Kendrick Lamar uh, songs, I would have to say Issues, Coco, and then uh, 16. But this album is a great way to adapt to the newer type of hip-hop. And I'm looking forward to hearing more from Baby Keem. And, you know, I, I, think, I think Baby Keem is going to be that artist that really helps you gravitate to the newer and evolving rap that we hear today and it's also great to hear some new Kendrick while you know he has been evolving and um really starting off in the business area but make sure to check out this album uh Melodic Blue from uh, K Baby Keem which is out now let me know what you guys uh, are rocking out to this week I just feel like there's so much music right now it's hard to keep up but let me know what you guys are listening to and let me know what you guys uh, are really vibing out to this uh, summer. But we we also had some time to be able to binge watch a, a new show this week. And I was shocked at how much I fell in love with this new sitcom on Netflix. It is called Working Moms and it was first premiered in 2017 on CBS. Uh, but the show stars Catherine Reitman, Jessalyn Wan Wanlim, 
Danny Kind, and Juno Rinaldi. Um, the show is about a group of f women friends that are dealing with real issues about family, friends, and sex. Uh, the series gives you a more insight of what women really go through. And also, it makes you fall in love with each character. Um, the series is on Netflix, which took over in season three. And they are now currently recording season six. So they have one through five right now on Netflix. Um, I heard so many good things about the show. Finally took the chance and I, I could have not made a better choice. Um, we have been anticipating each episode because each one has been good enough. And we've already made it to season four, which honestly we started last week. So... I suggest you guys check out Working Moms on Netflix. It's super funny. It's super creative. It, it, it has a lot of a different different insights, you know. Um, I think Netflix is killing it when it comes to, you know, when they, when they revamp these shows. So let me know what you think. Let me know if you guys like Working Moms. And let me know what you guys have been watching lately. You know, there, there's also a lot of uh, new releases out on Netflix right now, which I have been having a hard time choosing exactly what to watch. But definitely Working Moms, I suggest it. Let me know what you guys think. Message the podcast. But now... Let's start our local segment, and this week was a huge week for every Californian, and we voted not to recall Ge Governor Newsom. You know, this has been a long process, which really started to gain traction during the pandemic last year. Many citizens were in an uproar about how the tier system, which many believe is to be blamed for tearing up local and state economies. Not much has changed since the tier system was abolished, which I believe was a political stance as 2020 was the year of trying to get Donald Trump out of office. You know, we see some clarity now as Fresno had a great turnout at the polls. They estimated about 18,000 Fresno County voters showed up to the polls on this election day. Um, there are many ways that you could have cast in your vote. You could have mailed it in. You could have voted in person. You can drive through. Um, they all, they also have drop boxes. Um, but one thing's for sure is this election um, was how split Central California was during this election. As ballots, you know, are still being counted, we see a clear picture that the state voted not to recall our governor, including Fresno and Merced counties, but parts of the Central Valley, including Mariposa, Madera, Tulare, Kings County voted to recall the governor. And it was a 50-50 vote here in Fresno County as only a percentage of votes have been counted. But the ballot only asked a, a, a couple questions, which I seemed a little bit confusing, but it, it, it stated should Newsom be recalled from the office, and if so, who should replace him? You know, it, it, I'm not going to say it's a trick question, but when you have a question like that... Um, you know, it's kind of hard to, to know what, what, what you're doing, um, especially with some people that are new to voting or don't know the system. You know, um, there there were 40 different names uh, listed, including Larry Elder, who was second in votes. Um, if the vote uh, for recall was passed, you know, he would have been uh, the next uh, governor. 
But as votes are still being counted throughout California, the consensus is that the governor will not be recalled. Uh, but Newsom is our fourth governor to try to be recalled in U.S. history. Um, and he's up for re-election re next year. And only two governors have really been recalled. And one of them is California Governor uh, Gray Davis, who was uh, recalled because of the budget deficit in 2003, which was later replaced by Arnold Schwarzenegger. But I'm definitely proud of our community for taking it into their own hands um, and to revote for this recall, even though, um, the you know, the it was a 50-50 chance that he could have been, you know, um, recalled. I, I feel like seeing that we had a lot of people going out there, caring about an issue, and really taking it into their own hands to really um, put their voices and let their voices be heard. Um, I think that really speaks volumes and that really shows you uh, what we could be prepared to see um, in the next election next year. So hopefully, you know, Cal California and um, our local um, area is okay with this um, decision and we're going to have to live with it. We voted on it. Um, but I just feel like there's a lot of change uh, that is going to start happening in the near future, and I hope that we're all going to be able to uh, understand and vote our way uh, uh, through it and around it. So hopefully we continue with this uh, voting trend. And keep voting, everybody, doing your part as uh, American citizens and citizens of California. And you know... This podcast is a huge fan of local music, and this week, I wanted to really introduce you to a rapper slash professional graphic designer named Elijah. Um, I ran into his music through seeing a Jay Stalin video with his newest video, which included Elijah. Uh, Elijah is heard on the hook and can't help but groove to this new jam. The only thing I have been finding more and more interesting is that a lot of our local artists have been collaborating with some top names. You know, it's a really good look for the scene. And seeing that Elijah, you know, has has been really making a name for himself and really trying to uh, put Fresno on the map, uh, show, showing me that there is some hope for the future of um, our music scene in, in Fresno. I think right now it's, it's really a boiling pot and... Uh, it's going to bo boil over soon, and it's going to be because of artists like Elijah, uh, MC Wicks. We got so many others, Fashan, Planet Asia, so many great artists that, you know, we've already reviewed and uh, artists that we're going to be reviewing in the future. And I can't, I can't be more excited because this is what I do at the podcast for is for these local artists to really get the shine that they need. Um and and especially if you have never heard of these guys, you know, it, it's one thing uh, to to not um, know who they are, but when they're right here presented to you guys, you guys need to do the other part by supporting them. Um, but my favorite tracks um, from Elijah are "Knots in My Jeans," uh, "Shake Some," and "Know Me." 
Uh, make sure you check out that Jay Stalin video featuring Lija on YouTube. And you can find Lija on Instagram where he shows off his artwork and all of his different uh, studio ses sessions. So make sure you support your local music scene by listening to their music and sharing it with your friends. And that's the only way we're going to change things here is by supporting our local scene. So support your local artists now. Uh, check out Lijah and what he has to offer on Spotify. Um, let me know what you guys think or let me know any other artists that you guys want me to review. I'm definitely looking for a lot of new uh, local music. But while we're talking about uh, local, let's talk about local sports. And this week in the CIF Central Section High School Football Rankings, Buchanan remains number one in those rankings after their first loss against Los Alamitos, 34-31, to which came down to the last quarter. Last week, we saw Clovis West, Clovis West defeat Bowler 35-28. to Madera lost to Merced 41-13. to Central defeated Edison Stockton from Stockton, California, 17 to 10. Kingsburg demolished Kerman 47 to 6. McLean beat Mariposa County 24 to 21. Clovis North defeated Edison 33 to 26. Clovis continues to dominate as they stay undefeated against Whitney 27 to 7. And then Sanger lost to Lamore 13 to 14. And then Fresno High beat uh, Morro Bay 20 to 13. Clovis East defeated Heritage to remain undefeated 35 to 14. And San Joaquin Memorial defeated Garces Memorial 34 to 10. Um, this week, there's going to be a lot of great games again. Uh, we're starting off on Thursday with Kingsburg versus Porterville and Madera versus Hanford. And then Friday, we got Redwood, Redwood versus Clovis North. Tulare Union versus Clovis East, Liberty versus Roosevelt, Kerman versus Fireball, Clovis West versus Turlock, Ridgeview versus Central, Hoover versus Golden West, Fresno versus Madera South, Clovis versus Bullard, Washington Union versus San Joaquin Memorial, and Centennial versus Sanger, and then Edison versus Dinuba. Uh, there's going to be a lot of week four matchups uh, to look forward to, and we're going to see if there's going to be any shifts in those uh, CIF Central Section high school football rankings. As, uh, like I said, Buchanan remains number one in the rankings, but uh, we have a lot of teams uh, right behind them still undefeated. So uh, next week we'll be going into uh, those rankings uh, further. So make sure you guys tune back in uh, to hear more about our Friday Night Light segment. Now let's talk about the Fresno State Bulldogs. Um, and they took care of business last week versus Cal Poly as they were anxious to take the field after the close, close game versus number 12, Oregon. You know, and in my opinion, Oregon beat number three, Ohio State, over the weekend, guys. And that means this week the dogs are going to start really, really, really quick um their first drives did not look to slow down qb number nine jake hayner threw well going 17 for 22 with uh 380 yards and he threw for four tds wide receiver number 11 caught uh three receptions for 127 yards and ended the day with two touchdowns 
Our third efficiency was only 40%, and we were penalized seven times for 65 yards. So that's something that we need to get better at with our third down efficiency, especially with a team like um, Oregon or a team like who we're going to be playing this week in UCLA. Uh, we got to really um, square away with those with those penalized yards and getting uh, those third down conversions. Although we won, you know, the game, we did not lead the game in the possession mark, which means our running game is not found its identity yet. Um, Ronnie Rivers only got 14 carries in the game for 64 yards and a touchdown, which is still decent, but we we need to see him at least get a, at least 20 carries a game. Um, and QB number 13, Jalen Henderson, had nine carries for about 62 yards. So they both share the low, but I'm really wondering when are we going to see Ronnie Rivers turn up? Will he get a share of touches? Um, and will he get, you know, the most yards in Fresno State history? I think he's only a thousand yards away. Um, he's currently second in. in in rushing right now in Bulldog history. So I'm just, I would love to see him get that record. He's one of my favorite running backs that I've ever seen uh, with, with Fresno state. We've had a lot of great ones, uh, but the way that Ronnie rivers runs, I, I feel like he's, he's definitely one of the best. Uh, but this week, the dogs will be on the road versus number 10 UCLA Bruins at the Rose bowl stadium. You know, the Bruins have a high powered offense, they also have a running back tandem that works well together. Um, this game will be Saturday, September 18th at 7.45 p.m. And I expect, you know, the Red Wave to travel well as the dogs usually travel heavily to close away games. Um, it's going to take our offense really to win this game. And it's going to start with our running game to really outduel this uh, ranked UCLA team. So make sure you guys watch the game on Pac-12 TV uh, channel and make sure you guys are supporting your Fresno State Bulldogs. Now let's talk about our Fresno Grizzlies who hold a record at 72-38. and And our Grizzlies clinched the low A West standings and are looking forward to the playoffs. Uh, last weekend's games were canceled at Modesto Nets for COVID-19 protocols. Um, which were taken into effect. The Grizzlies face off against the San Jose Giants this week, but they lost their first two games, 10-0 to the first game, and then 8-12 to the second game, and will finish off this week's series over the weekend. Uh, Friday, the Grizzlies will have Nickelodeon Night featuring Paw Patrol, and then Saturday will be Marvel Superhero Night and Save a Life Night. And then on Monday will be Fan Appreciation Night. Make sure to support your Fresno Grizzlies in, in their last homestand before the playoffs. The Grizzlies will face off versus San Jose Giants in the championship series, which will start September 21st through the 26th. Um, and the first two games will be at the Chuck. Then the last three games will be played in San Jose in a five-game series if needed. So make sure you check out the Grizzlies. Uh, and support our team at the Chuck to support. You know, we ha we've had a great season so far. Um, it sucks that, you know, our, not this series, but the last series was having to be canceled due to the COVID protocols. But 
I'm glad that our guys were okay to play this series. Uh, but make sure we cheer them on to win another championship. Um, and as this time, we're under the Rockies farm team. So it's a it's a great thing to see uh, Fresno doing their thing after um, their real rocky start of who not even knowing if we're going to have a team um, here in Fresno. But now I'd like to finish off with my sports segment. And what a great week in the NFL with with the week one in the books. First thing I would like to talk about, though, is the taunting penalty that they've been giving out through the first week. The rule was first implemented in 2017 as the NFL was trying to scale back taunting. You know, this means no flexing on your opponent, unnecessary pushing, even trash talking. Um, and at the time in 2017, they were actually trying to get rid of the celebration. Uh, so all of that was really penalized. Um, this rule change was made serious after seeing Antoine Winfield uh, Jr. taunt Tyreek Hill with Hill's signature peace sign in last year's Super Bowl. And in August, the NFL stated that they saw an increase in actions that are not within the spirit and intent of this rule and not representative of uh, the respect to the re opponents and of the other field. So this is a good rule in essence as the NFL is trying to limit the non-football contact players often find themselves in due to taunting. You know, the NFL has not changed um, the the um, penalty. It's still a 15-yard unsportsmanlike penalty, uh, They are, but they're making it more stricter and enforcing it a lot more often, it felt like. Um, the NFL rulebook defines taunting as using, baiting, or taunting act towards uh, that may engender ill will between teams. If a player is penalized twice for taunting, that player will automatically be disqualified from the game and may be penalized with fines, a suspension, um, or even more if the um, if the commissioner has to intervene. Uh, but the NFL will still allow celebrations as long as they're not deliberately an act to another player and if the celebration isn't aimed towards the opposing team. Uh, this means, like I said, no more flexing, no more cursing at your opponent. That will all get flagged. And the celebrations that are aimed or directed towards the opposing team will also get flagged. So <clears throat> this weekend we saw the refs taking this, enforcing this rule, and making it more serious. In this, And we saw it even in the preseason. But on this last Thursday night football game, i seen it be called on both sides on a play which then only offsets the <laughs> the penalty, uh, which in essence wastes the audience's time, wastes even the game speed's time. You have to slow it down. And I, I, I saw that a few times this week when it comes to live play. You know, they need to really implement a way for the refs to review these scuffles from an off-site referee and penalize players without slowing the, the, the game down. Um, this week, they started off with a great game between Tom Brady and the Buccaneers uh, versus Dak Prescott and the Dallas Cowboys. You know, Dak Prescott looked amazing. He looked like his old form after his season-ending injury last season. And, 
you know, Dak threw the ball very well, going 42 for 58 with 400 yards, three touchdowns and one interception. Um, the real story, though, was how Tom Brady really put together another fourth quarter comeback win um, and threw the ball like he was in his prime. You know, my 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 Atlanta Falcons looked terrible this week as they were demolished by the Eagles 32-6. to Jalen Hurts stole the show, showing off his legs, throwing for 264 yards uh, and three touchdowns, making it look real easy, you know? Matt Ryan and the Atlanta offense could not get anything started as he only threw for 164 yards with no touchdowns, but was sacked three times. But, you know, the winning drive... Um, for, for the on Monday night football was amazing uh, as Derek Carr was able to put that winning drive together to get the winning touchdown to tight end Darren Waller versus the Baltimore Ravens in the first game at Allegiant Stadium. You know, what a great first week of the NFL. And I was actually not, not, didn't do too well in my uh, pick'em league, only went eight and eight for the week. Um, hopefully this week on week two matchups, I'll be doing a lot better as uh, Thursday, the Giants will take on uh, Washington and then Sunday, the Bengals will go against the Chicago Bears, Texans versus the Browns, Rams versus the Colts, Bills versus the Dolphins, Patriots versus the Jets, 49ers versus the Eagles, Raiders versus the Steelers, Saints versus the Panthers. Broncos versus the Jaguars, Vikings versus the Cardinals, Falcons versus the Bucks, Cowboys versus the Chargers, Titans versus Seahawks, and Chiefs versus Ravens. Then on Monday night, Lions versus Packers. There's a lot of good games right now as, you know, we've only been one one uh, game. So once it gets to, you know, we, we get to week three and we start seeing which teams are going to be um, looking great and I should be paying more attention to those will be the teams that I will be paying to t more attention to as week to week matchups. Um, and also I'll be, you know, I won't be um, listing out all the, all the uh, games as uh, the season goes on, but as it's only, you know, one game of the season, you really have to really uh, call out all the matchups as, as we start seeing which teams are going to start uh, winning out, you know, and right now to me, I think, the Bucks right now they look incredibly incredibly good, and also uh, surprisingly surprisingly I have to say that the Saints actually looked really good too as they dominated against the Packers last week. But you know, um, just keep keep coming back to the podcast uh, for more NFL talk um, as you know the the season becomes more and more interesting. But now let's talk about. The MLB and the Giants, who are 95 and 50 right now, the Giants have clinched their first postseason berth since 2016. Uh, the Giants celebrated earlier this week, but they have a bigger si a goal in sight with winning the NL West, as the Dodgers, you know, have won it for the past eight years. Uh, the Giants are assured at least a spot in the NL Wild Card game if the Dodgers end up in first place. Uh, but the Giants are also looking to finish the season with the best record, which will give them home, home field advantage throughout the playoffs. If the season ended today, the Giants would win the NL West 
and be the number one seed. Then the Giants would have to play the winner of the Dodgers and the Cardinals. But San Diego Padres are also still in the mix as they are only one game behind St. Louis. So it's going to be a great uh, finish to the MLB season as we're going to see the Giants and the Padres uh, face off, I think, one more time uh, at the end of the season. Uh, but the Giants will finish off their series this week versus the Padres. Uh, they will play the Braves over the weekend. And then the Giants, like I said, will be on the road uh, at Petco Park to face off the Padres once again. Um, and the Dodgers, who are 93 and 53, are currently second in the NL West to play the Diamondbacks over the week and clinch their spot in the 2021 postseason. Uh, the Dodgers will take on the Cincinnati Reds for their weekend series. And then the Dodgers will also face off on the road versus the Rockies over the week. Uh, the Dodgers are well on their uh, way to at least 103 ga three, uh, win, win games this year. And the Dodgers and Giants have no more series left and will reply, uh, rely on their play in the NL division throughout this month. So it's going to get interesting as we uh, make our way towards October. But I just want to thank you guys for sticking around with this podcast. Every week, I really, really want this to be something special that we all can share some time together. Um, and I want to let you guys know, if you guys want to talk about any issues, anything you guys want to talk about, make sure you guys call in. Make sure you guys message me. <clears throat> My email is uh, podcast 559 at gmail.com. Uh, you can get a hold of me on Facebook. You can get a hold of me on Instagram. Twitter, um, I would put my phone number out there, but I'm not trying to do that and get some random calls, but, you know, definitely just message me and let me know what you guys want to uh, hear, what you guys want to talk about. If there's any segments that you guys have, uh, you have the offer. Um, if you guys, you know, want to start your own podcast, let me know, you know, there's things that we could all help each other out doing. Um, I know for me, one thing is, to start doing something, you know, and, th and that's one thing I've been really ad uh, advocating in my life is if I want something done, then you have to do it. And, you know, this podcast has really shown me a lot of different things that I had inside of me that I never knew I had, um, especially getting prepared every week for a recording like this is, is not an easy task and it's not easy to be at a hundred you know, 34 episodes and still going strong and still uh, making new content. I mean, anybody else I felt like would have already quit. And I felt like a while ago I was going to quit. But one thing's for sure is that this number is only going to get higher and higher, you know, and with your guys' support, it, I could only feel it's going to get further and further. And it's all because of you guys, the success that we've seen so far. You know, we're so close to hitting five, uh, 5,000 listens. And the only thing I want you guys to do is just keep doing what you guys are doing, supporting the podcast, sharing the podcast, and letting people know that every Thursday they, they could depend on this podcast. Um, but I just want to let you guys know that 
Um, there's so many local things going on right now. There's so many uh, businesses in need of your support. I'm sorry I haven't been able to uh, get out there and do my part by supporting my local economy. Uh, but soon, but soon, I am going to be able to be out there uh, get things going again with the podcast. I, I I know I keep saying that, but I have to get this this timing right, and I have to make sure that everything's gonna fall into place. Um, especially right now with the with the COVID issue and how how the the, the number of cases are surging at the moment. It, it's not the right time, and I feel like when it is, we will see a a, a bigger bigger leap forward. So just keep just keep uh, supporting. Keep supporting your local business. Keep keep supporting your local artists. Keep supporting your local podcast. I'm Alejandro Oveda. I'm signing off episode 134.